everyone. My name is Tanmay and I'm the co-founder of Safety Connect. And uh, today we're fortunate to have Mr. Naresh Raghavan with us. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Safety Connect podcast. So uh, before I let you talk more about what you do, let me just give you a, give everybody a quick introduction about uh, Mr. Naresh Raghavan. He has over 20 years of experience in software consulting, discovered his calling in the promotion of road safety in India via driver education. And he's focused on creating some very interesting driving safety manuals for India. And this is something which was not there for the, for the people of the country. And it's quite a interesting thing that you've gotten into this space, Mr. Naresh. So why don't you tell us more about like, what what was what led to this from a software consulting background to driver manuals like how does that happen yeah i know that's an interesting thing and it was not at all planned in my life as such so so basically like you said you know i'm an engineer and i you know i've been living in the us for about 25 years i work in the sap space as a software consultant and i visit india every year and i made it a point to drive myself every time I visit India, you know, to stay in touch with it. I love driving too. And I think uh, about five years ago, I noticed the traffic is getting worse because, you know, number of vehicles have increased. Uh, you know, India is progressing. The economic uh, situation has improved. More people can afford vehicles. And the traffic situation was bad. And, you know, everybody's complaining about it. And I was also complaining about it. And then suddenly it struck me that, hey, but these guys don't know the rules. You know, uh, you can't blame someone who doesn't know the rules. So first we got to make sure that people know the rules, then we can complain. So I said, let's go look at what kind of books are available, you know, in India on driving manuals. And to my dismay, I found there is not even one book in the whole country. I mean, 75 years of independence and nobody has written a single driving manual. People don't know how to take a left turn, how to take a right turn. What is a safe following distance? Everybody is just driving as they deem fit in their minds. So I thought, okay, you know, the old Gandhi saying, right? Uh, don't curse the darkness, light the candle. So I said, okay, uh, let me light a candle. And I, that's how I started writing the books. And, you know, to my surprise, when I started writing the books, I had no writer's block or anything the content just kept flowing 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 and that's because of my background so you know like you said a little bit about my background besides my uh software experience you know i'm a mechanical engineer from cbit hyderabad chaitanya bharati institute of technology and i also ran a car garage in india with my dad my dad is like a pro in cars so i learned a lot about the physics of driving you know what is happening actually when you turn the steering when you hit the brake you know what is the suspension the whole uh you know the linkage until the wheel and the tire touches the road and that made me appreciate that driving is a not a simple thing it's a science you know it's not luck it's science you need to understand it better to be safe on the road um so anyway after i finished my you know, after I'd worked for a while on that, I moved on to Dubai. I worked in Dubai for a couple of years. And 
I think that's where I really learned what driving rules are because I had to go for my driver's license there. And it is very, it is very complicated there, very difficult, I, I should say, to get a driver's license. It's a small country. They don't want too many people getting licensed. That's one thing. And the second thing is they have a very strict procedure. So you take the driving test, which is a written test. Okay, I passed that. That was fine. So the next date after that for a road test is given three months later. Oh, okay. So it, you know, so it, they make you wait it, sweat it out. So you know the value of it. When you finally get your date three months later, you cannot afford to make a mistake because the next date will come another three months later. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of uh, value people attached to that. And so the next step, they only make you do a parallel park which, you know, 99.9% .9 of Indians don't even know what's a parallel park. It's like when there are two cars parked, parked along a pavement and there's a gap in between, you have to reverse your car into that gap. It is very tricky, but abroad people do it all the time. So that test itself is very difficult. You know, after I pass that test, they give you the next test three months later. And the next step test was a hill test. So they make you stop the car on a slope and engage the handbrake, turn off the engine. And then you have to start the car, put it in first gear and move forward without inching back. Even if you roll back an inch, they're ready to, you know, fail you. So okay. after that, you know, comes the road test. And the road test was very, very difficult because they're trying to make ways to fail you on the test, you know. And why I'm telling you this long drawn story is because, you know, the driver's license in India is so simple that there's no value for it. You know, almost anybody and everybody can get a license. They just have to show that they can drive a vehicle around a, a certain ground or something. And they don't need to check mirrors or indicators or follow any lane discipline or absolutely nothing. You know, they don't even need to wear a seatbelt that matter you know i've seen people just drive on that little thing so so the driving test is like very difficult and i've known people who have been applying for a driver's license for five years because every time they go on a road test they fail it it is that difficult you know to get a license in dubai so so i'll, I'll stop for now here so that's my background so that's where i learned a lot about you know, driving and I realized there's so much of, you know, science to it and everything. And subsequent to that, I've been in US. So I've been driving in US and my travels, work-related travels, I drove in at least 20 different states within the US. I also drove, uh, you know, in Mexico, in Canada, in, uh, on the Autobahn in Germany. And so I have uh, experienced driving in different countries, left-hand drive, right-hand drive, uh, even South America, Peru. So I think I have a, a perspective of not just the rules, but how the rules are used in different parts of the world. What is commonly accepted? What is common sense? What are some rules which are not really that important? And, and things like that. So, and that's what I'm trying to bring to India to say that uh, I'm not just a textbook guy who says, oh, I know that this is the rules according to Central Motor Vehicle Rules of 1989. And here I've interpreted it. So I'm trying to add more perspective to it. 
So out of all oh, the yeah, that you had, uh, so yeah. So what I was saying is, out of all the places that you had been to and driven at, so which was one of the most uh, effortless, given that everybody was following the rules. Actually, the level of uh, comfort, you know. Sorry, to, I mean I shouldn't say sorry to say, but ironically, the level of comfort is the same whether it's in U.S. or Canada or, or Europe, and that's that's the thing that I'm trying to again, you know, bring to India to say that a person who drives in U.S. can comfortably drive in Europe, and a person who drives in Europe can comfortably drive here too, uh, in the U.S. And then so is Canada. So what is common between all these countries, you know? The rules are common between all these countries. 90% of the rules that is there, even in the Indian Motor Vehicle Act, no, I'd actually say 99% of the rules that's in Indian Motor Vehicle Act is present even in Europe and US. They might have some additional rules, nuances for their you know, uh, conditions, but if you really know all the rules, then you can manage in all these countries. So, What's, yeah. what's what's lacking or rather like what would it take for us to for us to get there we have to learn the rules that's all it is it's like it's like a painful answer there is but, no magic wand where someone can say okay i have i have allocated 1000 crores to india boom press the button and everybody knows the rules no it is not so it is a painstaking slow process Sorry, is it just knowing the rules or is it also the intent to follow the rules, right? Like, because, I mean, knowing is... So, how... I mean, I, I also feel like, see, because here, when you do go for getting your license, yes, there are some questions which are asked to you. And sometimes the, the officers there are pretty stringent in the way they go about issuing the license. So I, I remember when I went for my first uh, driver's license test, I I was rejected the license and then I had to again reapply and then I got it on my second attempt. Um, yeah, so it, it does tend to happen that yes, they are stringent about the entire process, but what, what about the intent to implement or intent to follow? How do we bring that about? Right. So uh, you know that that's where I actually I was leading up to. You know I I have a solution in mind. You know to overcome this and at a high level, what you're asking is that um, there are actually three aspects. You know about learning the rules. Okay, so we will we will classify them under the umbrella of driver education. Okay, so there is a concept abroad called driver education which means a driver also needs to be educated in the rules. That concept is missing in India. So driver education takes care of three things. First is they teach you the rules. So you know what to do in a certain roadway at a certain junction. You know who's got right of way. Okay. You know what is wrong and what you shouldn't do. That is one. The second thing is they also, a part of it is defensive driving. Okay, that's a concept again unknown in India. Defensive driving means you should factor in another person's mistakes beforehand. So, which means when you're driving on the road, you're not driving your vehicle alone. 
you are actually driving another 10 vehicles around you. That is defensive driving. And that's why they say don't get distracted with the phone and, you know, any other thing. Because I'll give you an example, you know. You're uh, going on the road and then you see a biker on the left, left lane ahead of you. And he glances to the right of his head to check. Most likely that means he's going to move to the right. He may not put on the indicator. He may not show his hand. That's a cue you need to catch. That is defensive driving, you know? And let's say there's another, there's a car parked on the left side. You're going on a motorcycle, okay? And you're watching, you're behind, you're watching someone. No, I back up. So you see a car parking to the left side of the roadway. You're on a motorbike going behind. You can expect that driver's side door to open now, right? Because he has parked this car on the left side of the road. So this is observance, right? So what do you do? You give an extra five feet gap away from that car just to be safe. So this is defensive driving. So driver education is not just a straightforward rules. They make open your mind to a concept of defensive driving. And third is the attitude or behavioral change, they say. So, um, so your question was very right. But what research has shown is when you catch them young, you know, you take an 18-year-old kid and you put him to a driver education course, the rules get embedded in his mind. Okay. And his attitude also is different. When you're 18, you're trying to conquer the world. You're just, you know, getting out of, getting into college. There's all that stuff going on. You want to be a good kid, you know? Who doesn't want to, right? We want to follow the rules. We want to be a good kid. And so a lot of those behavioral things also get embedded. Now, if you send a 50-year-old man for this driver education course, he might, he might learn the rules. He might learn defensive driving, but we may or may not be able to change his behavior because already he's set in this way. You know, he's like, oh, come on, I've been doing this for so many years. I know how to do that. So I think to a large extent, a behavioral modification also is possible when you show the, you know, when you show the people the value of it, you know, don't honk. Why do people honk? Because they think that they need to honk to get people out of the way or they need to honk whenever there's a turning. No, you need to apply the brake. If there is any doubt, you have to apply the brake, not the honk. If you replace the brake pedal with the honk, 90% of your honking will go away. So this is just a trick that somebody taught me. So, so I think what you said, you know, we can achieve it with driver education for new drivers. And so, yes, there are always going to be those 10% or 20% of, you know, belligerent drivers who like, you know, uh, don't want to follow any, any rules. And we can't do anything about that. Pe those people, those are the people who drop out of college. Those are the people who get into fights, you know, with everybody. And, you know, those are a different kind of people. But I think if you follow the 80-20 rule, 80% at least will definitely change their behavior too. True. I, I think yeah, it's super important to catch them young, educate them, give them the right training when it comes to rules, regulations, safety, and get them to have that right uh, 
behavior towards safe driving. Uh, but there's also a huge role that corporates can play because all these adults who have who already maybe have their licenses and they're out and about going and getting their work done. One is, of course, yes, there's enforcement from the from the law enforcement side, but there's also a role that corporates can play towards educating employees. So can you talk a little bit more about that aspect? So what can corporates do towards spreading awareness and education about safe driving? That's a good good question you brought up, Tanmi, because um, in general, in our country, we don't take breaking road rules as a big offense. We take it very casually. You know, the many times you may be driving with your uh, colleagues and your boss in a car to for a, you know team lunch, and your boss is driving, he's probably not wearing a seatbelt. You can't tell him anything, he's your boss, right? Or he's probably going a little bit wrong side somewhere because the next U-turn is too far away. So he's trying to cut through and go fast to the restaurant. Because he says, hey, we don't have time. we got to get back to work quick. So that's basically a problem of the country itself, not just of corporations. But corporations can actually help improve that because they have a focused audience. You know, if you have an employee now today, uh, when, when an employee joins most of the bigger companies, they have to go through certain uh, courses on how to behave with your colleagues. You know, what is, uh, how can, what will be construed as se sexual misconduct? You know, what is uh, construed as discrimination? So we go through those courses nowadays. You know, all the big IT companies at least have that. So people get sensitized to, okay, what is allowed and what is not allowed? You know, when you're working with another female co-worker or a female with a male co-worker. And the same way, they can introduce a little bit of uh, road safety culture also. Right? Because anyway, the person is not so productive the first week as is getting onboarding into the company. So they say, okay, here's your a part of your HR packages. You would go through this course, you go to this course, and you also complete your road safety course. Why road safety codes? Okay. That's the question you asked. And there is productivity tied in directly to road safety. Because all of us, whether you're a CEO or you're just a salesperson, all of us are coming to work on a vehicle. Every day we're coming in the morning, we're going in the evening. So several things can happen. One is if you don't follow the rules, you might get into an accident. And then your employee is hurt, maybe in a hospital. It's expenditure for the company because they have a medical insurance plan, right? And it's productivity lost because now this person was working on a big sales deal of uh, 20 crores is now suddenly in the hospital and nobody else knows how to work that deal through. So they're all waiting for him to get out. And that's one aspect of it which directly impacts every, every organization. So think about it, spend about two or three hours on a driver education course, and maybe you can eliminate, um, you know, the probability of accidents for employees by 80%. Now, second thing is that, you know, this is more like a, it's a daily thing, right? Like connectivity to customers. Okay. 
let's talk about connectivity to customers because I think that's hard hitting India today. Today, if I want to go buy something in Hyderabad, I'm like, oh man, can I get it on Amazon? Why? Because traffic, you know, by the time I get to the mall, I have to deal with all this bad traffic and go there, then I may not find parking. And I'm like, hey, you know what? If I can get it on Amazon, I'll get it on Amazon. And so Amazon is thriving in India. People even buy like a hundred rupee item on Amazon only because they don't want to go out. So while it's good for online companies, it is not good for the small business in the country, you know, because people want footfall, right? When you have a mall, they want people to walk through, browse, so their sales will be better than you sitting at home and ordering on Amazon. So that is one for small businesses, how it affects them if the traffic conditions don't improve. And the third thing is the general mood of the people. You see, road rage is rising today. So everybody is frustrated by the time they reach the destination. So you're going for an important business meeting and you know you need to have your mind clear and calm, right? It helps a lot. Yeah. And here you have someone cutting and you're yelling at him and there's somebody else doing this, that. You end up at the meeting. You're not in that frame of mind to close that deal because you're agitated. Yeah. So, you know, so I think there are many aspects to business uh, to be a part of this road safety game. Absolutely. And also because uh, of the mindset change or the the stress that somebody might be encountering when they're driving a lot of large enterprises also ensure that there's a vehicle there's a driver available for their employees when they're going on critical business trips and so on and so forth so all of that can also be avoided in the future when everything yes. is a little more streamlined with the traffic gets better infra gets better and so on of course infra is getting better in the country i think there's a lot making leaps and strides towards that direction. But as you rightly mentioned, the, the traffic needs to improve, the mindset of the people needs to improve on the road. And also another interesting aspect that you mentioned about when it comes to the educating the new employees about driving safety, we've actually seen this, right? Because at Safety Connect, we work with a lot of large enterprises and we help them reduce the number of road accidents of their employees. And what, what we've noticed is the companies that, uh, the, the large companies, right? They, they've also incorporated like a driving safety, safety session into the whole onboarding process of the employee. They also have a medical check that they do for, to ensure that the, the eyesight is fine. The, uh, the hearing of the person is all right. And then they become fit to drive. And they also track all of these things using our application because we provided certain checklists also to them. Now, in addition to that, what companies are doing is they realize that it can no longer be something which is, which is like a, it cannot be a lagging initiative. It has to be something where the organizations are getting visibility into the leading indicators, which tell them how unsafe or safe a particular employee is. Because the cost of an accident is very, very high. So data shows that the cost of a fatality is anywhere from $100,000 to a $1 million in terms of direct and indirect cost. And 
in case there is an incident that happens where the person is not available for work for a couple of days, that itself is five to $10,000 each instance that happens. And as you rightly mentioned about in case the person is on the verge of closing that large sales deal. And also another thing that happens is the SLA breaches, right? In case a service engineer needs to go and fix some very, very critical equipment. And this person is one of the few service engineers in that particular location. And if something happens, I mean, that's significant amount of loss and not to mention loss of life is very important, right? So hence, all these things are very important. And of course, there are a lot of technology initiatives also, which are there today, which can help reduce the number of road accidents. So, so why don't you maybe talk a little bit about, uh, in addition to the driving safety aspect or the driving the education aspect, are there any technology initiatives that you have come across which can help enterprises? Yes, actually, uh, let me just share my screen. It's not anything as specific. Uh, give me a second. Oh. I'm sorry, I thought I had this handy. Okay, so uh, let me just share my screen. Sure. Just for a second. Okay. So let me know when you can see my screen. Yeah, I can see your screen. So this is something what I call it the pyramid of road safety. And this is to, you know, uh, show, can you see the full screen? Um, I think yeah. No, no. Okay. okay. So basically, you know, this is uh, what I call as a pyramid of road safety. There are variations of this by different organizations all over the world. But, you know, I feel there are these levels to it. And right at the foundation, the base of the pyramid is where I've put driver education. You know, that's your theory, your defensive driving. I think the first thing that any youngster should do before they think of a driving license is learn the rules. You know, get one of these books or go on YouTube and go through some course and, you know, learn the stuff. Uh, and then after that, you start the driving practice, you know, either with a driving school or maybe your parent is helping you how to, you know, manage the clutch and the accelerator and the brake and the motor skills, what I call. And Indians are very good with motor skills, okay? They can drive in all kinds of small gaps and everything. And so after you do this is when you actually show up for a driver's license test. So the bottom two are the responsibility of every human, every Indian, you know, everybody. And after that, you show up for driver's license testing. Then RTA conducts this test and makes sure you are fit to drive and it issues you the license. That's the government's responsibility. The next is the government, again, engineering, you know, what they call safe road design infrastructure, you know, like uh, lane markings, traffic signals where necessary, signposts, speed limits, all that stuff. And then around this, there is a lot of improvements in technology today. And this is where, you know, I, I was coming to. Uh, we have, uh, you know, I mean, the seat belts has been around for a long time. And then there's the airbag, of course. 
and then we have the helmet and then we have more sophisticated things nowadays like you know abs anti-lock braking systems right and then you have esc you know to prevent the vehicle from skidding and rollover prevention and i'm sure like you know safety connect is very much in this space so you know exactly that there are so many other tools in fact i would like to hear from you you know things like lane departure system there are some cameras sometimes watching the driver and if the driver's you know nodding off a step it starts beeping and for commercial vehicles it even sends a signal i think back to headquarters saying hey this guy is falling asleep on this nagpur highway or something like that so there is a lot of help from technology which should not be discounted at all and finally when someone makes a mistake is when you know the enforcement and the policing and everything comes but i think every one of uh, these levels has a role to play in it and none can be discounted yeah and and when it comes to technology right there's like so much of advancement development happening there one is of course the technology at the level of the vehicle itself as you rightly mentioned about the adas electronic stability uh, systems and uh, so on and also now what we're seeing is vehicles coming with uh, ada systems automated driver assistance systems right like in case a particular vehicle is approaching another vehicle too fast like a warning sign uh, a warning mm -hmm. or automatic braking so all these things are also there like as you mentioned the lane departure warning and also what we've seen in certain uh, larger vehicles is in case the person is dozing off then there's a vibration that is set off at just at the chair so that the person is kind of like alerted again uh, that is also coupled with an audio audio stimulus so all of these things are there of course these are the systems which are things that come as part of the vehicle but now there are also a lot of add on technologies which are available to start with is of course the gps tracking systems which are there which would of course give you the location of the vehicle the speed at which it is going the driver behavior and so on and uh, this information is also relayed in real time to a command center so that uh, a company will know how their vehicles are performing there's also ai based applications like what safety connect has like which analyzes things like your phone usage while driving harsh acceleration harsh braking harsh cornering over speeding distracted driving and based on this it suggests driving behavior changes to the people coaches them and gives organizations visibility into high risk employees regions and behaviors and you also have uh, as i mentioned about the ada system so that uh, similar on those lines you also have dash cams right? and this dash cams also relay the information in real time to to like a control center so that action can be taken based on this so yes i think there's no dearth of technology in today's day and age but yes it, it comes down to the intent of the company to implement something like this intent of the people to other to the technology keeping in mind the value that it creates when it is used right and we've seen that when these technologies are used well accidents can come down by 70 to 80% within a year and that's significant just knowing yeah. that a country like india is losing 3 to 4% of its gdp because of fatal accidents and um, other uh, in injuries mm -hmm. 
that is something if if we can do if we can reduce that that itself contributes significantly to the growth of the economy so i think everybody should start looking at things in that in that direction so apart from the driver education are there any other intangibles you think are really important for making people better drivers no i think it's been tried um you know we we've, we've tried uh, everything else in the last 15 years uh, in india at least you know uh, to bring down the debt so if you you know the statistics right we lose about 1.5 lakh people in road accidents every year and this is registered uh, you know documented there are some people who die in small villages and stuff not even make it into this national record but but the important thing is that around i think 10 or 15 years ago the government said oh man this is a big number why because we have only 1% of the total vehicles on this earth but we have 11% of deaths which is abnormal we have 11 times more deaths than any other country in road accidents so so the government said we have to do something about road safety so they started this road safety cell and they instituted it in every state and and everybody started understanding how why these road accidents are happening and you know um according to mart 80% of the road accidents are due to driver error driver error means the driver made a mistake he did something that he shouldn't have so if he had known the rules uh, and defensive driving that problem could have been averted okay fine and then in my opinion in my hum- humble opinion the government made a huge misinterpretation of the statistics and i'll tell you what it is they went down to all these deaths and said okay 80% is his error okay the driver error caused this accident but how did he die and in a motorcyclist they found that he hit his head and he didn't have a helmet mm-hmm. and so that's how he died and in the car they find that people were not wearing seat belts so they collided into the steering or the windscreen and say died so they in a way correctly identified that hey if this guy had been wearing the helmet and if the car driver had been wearing the seat belt they, they both would have lived so they started focusing on the helmet and the seat belt the problem is that they didn't look any further than that or they didn't really want to look any further i don't know what the what the situation is um and i'll come to that so basically for the last 10 12 years wherever you go whenever there is a oh, road safety week in haryana road safety week in chennai anywhere there's a road safety week all the big guys will come and talk about wear helmet wear seat belt all right and if we had identified the problem correctly then road death should have come down right in the 15 years yeah it's only going up here on you it's not coming down it's pretty much the same at 150000 but you also nothing has changed more nothing has changed on the sorry road. the number of people on the road is also increasing the vehicles on the road are increasing right so right i mean vehicles are increasing too but 
Yes, in that way, if you see a proportion of vehicles increasing everywhere, so maybe there is a little improvement. But overall, the population has not gone up so much in one and a, in 10, 15 years, correct? Uh, um, there is an increase in population, but not as much. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's that is because they have never addressed the problem of why the accident happened in the first place. You see, if they had even thought a little bit and said, wait a minute, okay, he was not wearing a seatbelt. He was not wearing a helmet. But why did he get into the accident? One step backwards, right? And then you will see people are jumping the signal, people are driving the wrong side of the road. People are going racing through a four-way junction without stopping. People are joining the highway from village roads without uh, giving way to uh, the traffic coming from his right. So the core problem is somewhere else. So as long as you don't reduce the accidents, just by putting the helmet and the seatbelt at the last minute is not helping save lives at all. Yeah. I think it's that that's only kind of uh, softening the blow, but not eliminating that from happening. Exactly. You said it right. We are just trying to improve our statistics by saying that, man, if he had the helmet, he wouldn't have died and my numbers will look better the next time I go to the United Nations and say, how is your road safety record? So nobody's looking a little before that to say, we should prevent this guy from ever getting into an accident. Then the use of the helmet and seatbelt becomes so much lesser, right? I mean, not lesser. What I mean to say is that it doesn't become as relevant because there's no accidents at all, right? If there's no accidents, then those are just extra safety hmm. that's there for you. Right. Yeah. Not not to say that it is not important. It is, of course. Yes, absolutely. No, it's very important, essential. Yeah. Always wear seatbelts, always wear a helmet and strap it. In fact, wear a full face helmet is what I say because I know right. people who had facial injuries uh, with a high, you know, three quarter helmet. Correct. So, how do we how do we correct this at a country level? What's the what's the solution? How do we bring about that basic behavior change in education at a country level? Right. So, I have an idea. You know, let me just share that with you. Um, let me just share that real quick with you. I have some thoughts and you let me know when you can see my screen. Uh, hold on, hold on, sorry. Oh, I forgot hit the share button. Yeah, I see your screen now. Okay, great. So uh, this is just a small thing I prepared and this is... Uh, Anyway, this, this is, we already talked about my background and stuff. I forgot to mention to you that I'm certified by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration of USA in defensive driving. Mm -hmm. I'm also certified by the Motorcycle Safety Foundation of USA in defensive driving. So, and these are the books, you know, we talked about. These are the books that me and I co-authored with my, with my friend and partner, Malcolm Wolf. Malcolm was... Um, is, is a retired squadron leader from the Indian Air Force who also worked in UK for about 10, 15 years in the, the Thames police team. So that guy knows firsthand the rules and stuff because uh, Indian Motor Vehicle Act is uh, basically based on the British Motor Vehicle Act, right, of 1939. 
So yeah, we have a heavy vehicles driving manual also in English and Telugu, can translate into Hindi. And we have this, our flagship book is Car Driving School Manual for India. The name says car, but those rules are the same for all types of vehicles. And we have a whole uh, chapter just for two-wheeler safety also. Mm -hmm. That's in Hindi and in Telugu. Everything is available on Amazon. And we got, you know, good ratings also for these books. So you can go check it out. So, yeah, we talked through this also. According to Moth, you know, 80% of accidents are due to driver error. So, um, so my, my solution is kind of hints on this concept that, you know, most experts agree that a well-trained defensive driver is capable of driving safely in any traffic conditions, any road condition, any time, day or night. And the proof of this, you know, is people around us who are like 60 years old, 70 years old, you know, an uncle or a father or a relative who've been driving since the 1960s without an accident. You know, so when people say, oh, you know, there's road design is bad there. Uh, there is not enough shoulder on that highway. I mean, like, I also grew up in the time where, you know, I used to drive to Bangalore from Hyderabad and it was an undivided highway. It was just two lanes, one to go, one to come. And it was a bad shoulder sometimes, you know, we get off the road, you can't get back on. So we've driven in conditions like that in a Fiat, you know, which is like technically very, very backward car, right? Uh, Premier Padmini. So, hey, we survived through all that. And now when people come and say, oh, you know, that flyover was not designed all right. I'm like, dude, get over it, okay? You have a flyover. Be happy. You went too fast on a flyover. So don't blame engineering and all that for things like that. So anyway, we talked to the signal to it. And I wanted to show you this, you know, one example about why driver education is so important. Okay, this is a simple T-junction in a small residential area. Look at the number of people joining this roadway. They're joining from the right side of the road. Right? How? Look at this car. He's honking. Why do you need to honk? Because he's joining from the wrong side of the roadway. He's blocking that bicycle. See, the bicycle has right of way. He doesn't care because he's got a car. And then comes our brilliant, perfect driver. Yields to the cyclist, stops on the left side of the roadway. He's the first guy who looks both sides and joins to the left side of the other main road. This is the correct way to join the road. Now I put this on Twitter and surprisingly, there are so many people who came and said, oh, I didn't know that. Is that the way you join? So any amount of technology, any amount of road design cannot fix this. This has to be taught to people. And this is happening at every little T-junction in the country, every day, every minute. This is a magnitude of this problem is like very big. And I'll give you another simple example of, you know, what is the significance on the center line when it becomes solid? You know, you should not cross it. People don't know that, right? Nobody died in that. There was injuries in that accident. So these things can be easily put into a little driving pro, uh, you know, training program. 
I have many such videos, you know, collected over the years. And every rule, almost, I have a little video to show why you should follow it. So suddenly when people understand the why with a video, then the rule becomes more relevant to them. So the rules are based on, what are Indian rules based on? It's based on Central Motor Vehicle Rules of 1989. That's our backbone. Okay, there's something called Rule 31 in that. And that's the backbone of what a driver should learn before he starts driving, he or she starts driving. So we can just model a training course based on educational videos like this. And that can itself help a lot of people from getting into accidents. Well, I put this slide before. So we did talk about, you know, benefit organizations. Uh, yeah, we, you know, there's a, another aspect of socioeconomic factors also. It's like 40% of bike riders are the casualties, you know, out of that 150,000 people who die. So, but I'll also, you know, movie stars, everybody's dying in accidents. So there is, I don't think there's any socioeconomic factor. I think that bike riders are more vulnerable. So, because they're on two wheels, so more of them die. So I think it's nothing to do with class or money. It's just with, to do with knowledge. And and this is this is the challenge that you know our country is facing today. I know we got only ten minutes more. So, but I wanted to say that somehow we need to get this message across that driver education is a course, not a brochure. So I'm struggling with this when I go to RTA or when I go to even traffic police departments and say, you know, we need to educate people, and they're like, oh, can you prepare a two-page brochure? I'm like, hey, if it was a two-page brochure, then it would have been prepared a long time ago and India would have like the best driving record. It is not a two-page two brochure. It cannot be compressed into a two-page brochure. You know, it is something which needs, according to Mark, they specify seven hours of theory. Okay. New driver has to go to seven hours of theory. So I'm like, let's start with two and a half hours at least, you know? Uh, nobody's going to attend a seven-hour course and it's not possible. In any case, there's a lot of uh, learning that happens on the road itself when someone's teaching you. So, Mr. Naresh, I wanted to understand how do we really make it happen? Because a lot of people have great ideas about uh, bringing about a change in driving behavior, reducing the number of accidents, but nothing has been successful so far. So, how do we make it work? Yeah, that's a good point you you brought up, Tanmay, because uh, I have also heard many solutions, uh, but mostly those solutions are fragmented, such as, you know, uh, impose speed limits and have more strict governance or, you know, uh, be more strict on uh, wearing helmet and seatbelt and so on. And each of those are good measures, but they don't offer a comprehensive solution. So I have something, what I believe is a comprehensive solution, a bold one. I'll share with you. I have a couple of, uh, you know, uh, slides that I'd like to show it with. So let me know when you can see my screen. Yeah, I can see your screen. Okay. So I wanted to talk about, you know, the role of NGOs assisting government in road safety. Because I think uh, we have to be practical and say that the government alone cannot fix this problem. Okay. Right now, uh, the common citizen is looking to the government to say, hey, we are having so many accidents. What are you doing about it? You know, And the thing is, 
it cannot work that way. We have to work along with the government. And I wanted to show you this most recent clip from like June 7th last week, you know, a press release by Sri Nitin Gadkari who said that, you know, they had an ambitious plan of uh, uh, cutting road debts by 50% by 2024. We cannot. In fact, uh, when they made this uh, proposal, there were 1.5 lakh people dying in road accidents every year. Today, there's still the exact 1.5 lakh people dying. Forget about 50% cut. We were not even able to make 10% cut. And I'm not here to point fingers at anyone and because that is not constructive for our country. I'm just trying to say that, what did we miss? You know, we talked about this earlier and I sincerely believe that driver education and theory is the foundation. You know, that is the foundation of improving road safety in any country. If you're going to ignore the foundation and improve better roads and more technology and add more seat uh, airbags and uh, five-star ratings for the car, all of those are good. Don't get me wrong. But if you're not going to have a driver education, people still don't know how to drive and they're going to kill themselves. What's the solution? The solution is a hard solution. Nothing easy about it. We just have to train all new drivers in road rules and defensive driving, you know, and teach them also how to be considerate and good drivers. We just have too many aggressive drivers breaking the rules and it's creating a toxic environment on the roads. You know, people don't want to go out because the traffic is, you know, very unpleasant. You know, there's road rage. And so there are many other things that are coming up because of all this bad driving thing. And road rage is getting into hand fist fights and stuff like that. So, all right, we know, I mean, this is one solution, you know, train the drivers. But how to execute is a big question, right? Yeah. So I propose, you know, we have all new drivers attend a two-hour defensive driving course. You know, this is a common practice in many countries. They have defensive driving courses and they say, hey, someone is a bad driver. They say, you go attend this course and come back. I've seen it in the US. I've heard about it in Australia, UK, everywhere. So these two hours will impart some, you know, life-saving knowledge to our youth on how to stay safe on our roads. Okay. So I know that, you know, there is attention span deficit today where everybody wants to go and look at an Instagram reel for two minutes. And it's a very valid point. But I think we got to separate entertainment and life-saving skills and mandate saying that you have to sit through a two-hour or two-and-a-half-hour course. Um, you know, this is the only way we can also streamline India's chaotic traffic conditions over the years. How do we expect traffic conditions to change over the next five years? What's the goal? I'm just thinking aloud. How do we say that, oh, we're going to have better traffic conditions in the year 2030? you got to do something to make that happen, right? You can't say, oh, I'll have uh, speed monitors and I'll have more cops on the road. No, because if you don't know how to drive, the cops are not here to teach you how to drive. So I think we should catch them young. Sorry about that uh, typo there. Catch them young. You know, we cannot retrain a 50-year-old or a 40-year-old because they think that they've been driving for a long time. They know all the rules. 
when in actual reality they don't but when you catch a youngster like an 18 year old or 19 year old tell them hey you got to drive according to the rules these are the rules and you got to be patient don't honk don't have road rage don't cut into other people's lanes observe your mirrors you know, all of these basic things then we are going to see a behavioral change right what we need is also a behavioral change of how people behave on the roads now the good news is that most indian drivers are good with motor skills you know what they say abc accelerator brake clutch so our drivers are good you know they drive in small gaps and they have good maneuverability what they don't know is the rules and the defensive driving so we just focus on the theory you know like have a two hour like i keep saying a two or a two and a half hour educational video where they sit through it and they see the video and they see some accident videos maybe you know and some training videos how you supposed to make a turn or how you should you know uh, overtake another vehicle how do you use your indicator so on and so forth there are about 50 rules which we can pick the most important life saving ones and there are about 1100 rts over the country 1.1 crore licenses over 11000 rts i think that comes to 10000 licenses i uh, know 1000 licenses per year per rta so which is not a very big number at all training 1000 people per rta is not a big deal at all so we just do it in a standardized uh, you know uh, video and i keep saying we got to spend 2 hours at least because despite the attention deficit that everybody talks about the fact is that today if someone wants to bcom degree they still go to college for 3 years i don't think any professor is giving them 2 minute bites on instagram to say today we'll talk about macroeconomic theory and here is a 2 minute video on insta no they still have to read thick books they have to attend a class write down and in you take engineering it requires 4 years and let's be more practical also how about an airline pilot like if an airline pilot says uh, oh man i don't have time to learn i think they are required to learn for 120 hours training okay. i mean imagine if the airline pilot says 120 hours are who's going to study 120 hours just show me the controls i'll be fine will you ever sit in a plane like that where the pilot says and i know i've seen some youtube videos i did two hours training it's okay don't worry come sit sit down i'll manage you know way right you know way so we have the capacity the capability to still sit through and study for years so this whole thing saying that uh, oh i don't have an attention span is a little misguided you may not have an attention span to see a humorous video on insta if it doesn't engage you you'll scroll to the next one but we are not talking about entertainment we are talking about a life saving skill you know so i think we all need to change our mind to say yeah if this person can go to college this person can go to school if this person can watch a sharukh khan movie for 3 hours okay why can't he watch a 2 hour video right it is possible so i'm going to give you one short uh, 
video clip of another problem that plagues our roadways every day. People crossing lanes unconsciously into the path of a moving vehicle. Look at this vehicle as he's approaching this car. That is a near miss. That's a near miss. Now this person has a mirror also. You see that you can see a little mirror in there. But he has not checked it. So Mr. Naresh, I wanted to understand how do we really make it happen? Because a lot of that, let's look at the cost of it. I did some math for you know a local road safety NGO in Hyderabad. There is a company, uh, there's actually a hospital chain, which is very interested in uh, making this happen. They they believe this concept. And so I did some math for them. Approximately, it's like 25 lakhs one time cost to set up a center with like offices, uh, with like chairs and projector and a handheld tablet for everybody so that they can take the quiz. And then about 25 lakhs per annum to run the center. So 50 lakhs. And it's not a big number at all, right? You think about it, Hyderabad has so many successful companies, pharma companies, IT companies, uh, private entrepreneurs, builders. Imagine raising 50 lakhs. It's it's nothing, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's a doable thing. But what do we need? We need the government to mandate. I keep coming back to that. The government has to mandate saying, when someone gets a learner's license, hey, go and get your training. I'll tell you why, because uh, I've worked with many driving schools. When I published my you know, driving book, I went to all the driving schools and said, hey, you know, this is a handy book. You can use it to uh, communicate to your students. And they're like, sir, nobody wants to learn the rules. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, every Sunday we have the theory class. Like Monday through Saturday, they teach them how to drive the car. No? Sundays, they have theory class from 11 to 1. They say nobody shows up. You know, he says, I sacrifice my Sunday time with my family. I come to the driving school, but nobody shows up. People just want to learn how to drive, get the license and go. So we need uh, government intervention to say that, hey, no, you have to go attend the course. Otherwise, you're not getting away with it. So content, I'll create the content. I already have the content. You know, I have the content in a book form. I'm now creating the content into a video format, okay, based just on Indian, Indian rules and regulations. My content has, has been approved by, you know, traffic police. Uh, my book was launched by Transport Minister of Telangana, Kovada J. Kumar, and, you know, all these dignitaries, uh, IAS officers, I, IPS. So, you know, this is uh, VC Sajanar. He was then commissioner of Cyberabad Police. He launched the Hindi edition and Mr. Vijay Kumar there. So I we have the content. I mean, I'm just saying, I have the content. I'm quite sure there are other people also who can create the content. So if you apply mind to it, we can create the content. So we create one unified content and maybe modify it a little for region to region. For instance, uh, you know, if you have an RTA in, in like a hilly region like Meghalaya, then we focus a little more on how to negotiate guard roads and things like that. And if you're somewhere near Jammu Kashmir, then you also include a chapter about how to drive on snow. So 
90% of the content can be centralized all over the country, just translated into. And I have one module that is out there, which I'll share with you. You can go and see it's on YouTube. I've created one module sort of uh, out of six modules, which I believe, which covers the Indian rules and regulations and international defensive driving concepts. I have one piece out there, 25 minutes. So it's it's under the name of, uh, you know, Top Driver. My page is, my official page is Top Driver Education. So Top Driver India is what I go by on uh, Twitter and YouTube and everywhere. So it's called Indian Driving Rules. So we can test it out. And the thing is, when do we start this training program? Actually, we should have started this yesterday. But I think even today, what I mean is it is it is past due. It's really way past due. If you start today, in a few years, we'll see a real difference on our roads. And I think we owe it to each and every one ourselves, you know, to make this change because we are all suffering on this. You know, some, some maladies plague the rich, some maladies plague the poor. But traffic is a malady that plagues everyone, rich or poor. You know, we are all stuck on the same road. We get out of our mansions or whatever you want. We get onto the road. We are one with everybody else. So I think whether you're a politician, a millionaire, uh, or a common man, we should all work towards, you know, this driver education to make a change. Absolutely. I think that's... Uh very important and hopefully through through your initiatives more people get the message and the right people in the right position also gets the message and then takes the necessary initiative and also reaches out to you to help make it happen so thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for spreading uh, spreading your wisdom regarding this subject which is absolutely the need <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate you, uh, Tanmay, having me on this uh, program. I think uh, you're doing a very awesome job of actually talking to people about road safety and getting ideas out. You know, I have an idea today. You know, you talk to more people, they'll come up with more, more ideas. And what we need is a healthy, constructive discussion on this so that we can finally find one solution that works and enact it. And so thank you for taking the interest and in talking to us people about the subject. No, thank you so much. And it, it's not just, uh, of course, one is we want to have more ideas coming about on these interactions. But I think behind the scenes, we also want to work and ensure that something actionable is also done. So that's what we strive to do with the support of the ecosystem and by interacting with more people in this space, create that very uh, powerful ecosystem of people who can actually influence and um, help move the needle towards reducing the number of accidents. Okay, thank you so much. And we look thank forward- Thank you, Tanmay, and thank you to Safety Connect. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.